Welcome to Kingsway International Christian Center Tirona, where we are raising champions and taking territories. We are sure this teaching will be a huge blessing to your life. For more information, visit www.kicccanada.ca. Now, get ready to be transformed by the Word. It's a great privilege once again to be um, able to share with us. Truth be told, the Bible says that it is always blessed to give than to receive. And every time we seek to receive, we are blessed, surely. And the man of God is blessed. But this morning, I thank God for the grace to be able to give also, to be blessed as the church is equally blessed. Amen. And surely the glory of the Lord will rise upon our life this month in the mighty name of Jesus. There will be no limits. There will be no shortfallings in the name of Jesus. This morning, my assignment is quite brief. I'm going to stick with time. And the text quickly is going to be from uh, 2 Corinthians 1 from verse 15 to 22. It's a long set of verses, but I just want to be able to build up the context and bring out the key text. So from uh, 2 Corinthians 1 from verse 15 to 22. And I believe the Lord will bless us as his word comes forth this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going to read from... Um, the Passion Translation, um, from verse 15, Paul says, With this confidence, I'm wanting to visit you before and after my trip to Macedonia so that you enjoy a second experience of grace. Afterward, I am hoping you will be able to aid me on my journey to Israel. When I revised my itinerary, was I vacillating? Or do I make my plans with unprincipled motives, ready to flip-flop with a yes and a no in the same breath? Of course not. For as God is true to his word, my promise to you was not a fickle yes when I meant no. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he is the one whom Timothy, Silas, and I have preached to you. And he has never been both a yes and a no. He has always been and always will be for us a resounding yes. For all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. And as his yes and our amen ascend to God, we bring him glory. Now it is God himself who has anointed us. And he is constantly strengthening both you and us in union with Christ. He knows who are his since he has also stamped his seal of love over our hearts and has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring is given to a bride, a down payment of the blessings to come. Hallelujah. This morning, my assignment is to encourage someone to never give up on the promises of God. The fact is, if God has said it, surely it will come to pass. Every single promise not one will fail if we wait. He says, with a resounding yes, all of God's promises will never fail. And so this morning, the title of uh, my little message is, The Promises of God are Yes and Amen. Hallelujah. Say to yourself, the promises of God over my life are yes and amen. Every single promise, yes and amen. Hallelujah. 
And it's so profound because when we look through those verses, a lot of times most of us feel unloved. They said, does God really love me? I've been in this situation over the years. I've been waiting upon the Lord for an answer. And it seems like there is no answer coming forth. I have prayed. I have fasted. But the fact is that the love of God never ceases. In verse 22, it's so profound. It says that he has sealed our hearts with his love. Hallelujah. Such love. The Bible says that he shed his blood for us. That you and I might live. Have you ever thought about that fact that the Son of God had to come down in his glory to fill us up with his power, to bring us unto himself? Every time I look at it and say, okay, what can I do for my brother? What, how far can I go for my sister? Or how far can I even go for my wife? It's a joke sometimes when uh, they say, um, if there's a gunshot and all of that, and where would the, the man of God be? Even the people in the house of God, would they still be there? But the fact of the matter is that God showed us such great love that there is none like him. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.3 talks about his blessings because in verse 22, it talks about the fact that he has given us his spirit like an engagement ring, like a down payment to let us understand and know that you are mine. Hallelujah. That means that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah. So with his spirit, it is like a confirmation to us that surely when the time comes, you will be with me. Hallelujah. And in verse in verse 22 also, it says that as a down payment of his blessings to come. Now, if you look at Ephesians 1.3, looking at these blessings of the Lord that is to come, because questions will come, what kind of blessings have the Lord provided or made available for us? But if you look at Ephesians 1.3, he says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessing, every blessing that you see manifesting in the physical takes its roots from the spiritual. And if the Lord has said that I am giving unto you through our Lord Jesus Christ, every blessing, whatever blessing that you can name, whatever name that they can, even the things that we do not know. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says that it loads our life with benefits. Every single day there's a new blessing. There's a new favor. There's a new breakthrough. We know that God is able to make things that be not appear because of his own. So therefore, understand this. If the Lord has said that I'm giving unto you every spiritual blessing in the heaven places, that means there is no limit to the blessings that the Lord can give unto you and yours. Hallelujah. But then the question is, as Christians, what do we really pray for? What do we look out for? I think a quick story. Um, uh, I know a lot of us know Pastor Adeboye, and he, he shared a very great uh, testimony recently, and uh, I think I shared it with a lot of my friends on the Instagram, where I think it was in 1979, he had the privilege, he was still uh, a young Christian then, and he said that he had the privilege of going to uh, Kenneth Egan's uh, conference with some other Christians and his uh, father in the Lord. And there, for the very first time, he said he had an experience of miracles. The, de the lame walking, the deaf. And he was like, I need to be able to see this man of God. And they were like, okay, it's not possible. How can you come and say you want to see? They will not be able to give you the time. 
But he said, no, I need to. And lo and behold, he was able to fix an appointment with Kenneth Hagin. And for, as a side note, I learned something from that. When people tell you that things are not really possible. Because like I shared in my testimony last week, if you listen to people, you will not even step out of your house. Because they will tell you, ah, it is not possible. They will tell you, ah, it is already filled up. Oh, they've already taken the person they want. You cannot be promoted. But the fact is that if you stay there and you don't take a step, you remain where you are. They will tell you, ah, pure water is, sorry, no, no, this is, <laughs> this is Canada, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> sorry, this is Canada, not Nigeria. Well, yeah, they said Canada, pure water business back then was uh, saturated. The business was saturated and, ah, no, but then the fact is that if you want to and you tap in, the Lord will make a way for you. Hallelujah. So with my story, I go on. And he was able to book the appointment with um, Kenneth Egan. And um, lo and behold, all the men of God that were with him realized the fact that he had booked an appointment. They all jumped in like, ah, yes, let's, let's, let's see him together. It's so wonderful. Let's all be part of this great uh, time. And they all got in to see him. And like five of them were there about. And they all sat down and... Um, he asked the question, okay, what can I do for you all? And he said, the very first one of them said, ah, sir, I want to have uh, the permission to be sharing your tapes back in Nigeria. He said, no problem. The other one said, I want uh, the permission, your permission rather, to be able to share your magazines in Nigeria. He said, okay, no problem. And I think the other one said, I want to be able to share something else that belongs to you also in Nigeria. He said, no problem. Then he now looked at Pastor Adibori. Pastor Bairi now said, he asked him, what do you want? And Pastor Bairi said, that which is in you is what I want. What makes you you is what I want. And then, can I take it now, called in the secretary. He now said, okay, um, this person wants uh, the permission to be able to share my tapes. Please let him have it. This one wants the magazine's uh, confirmation. Let him have it. He now said, they could all go out. And left Pastor Adibri there. He said, Pastor Adibri said, he came towards him. And he said, by the time he laid his hands on him, that that was all he remembered. That by the time he woke up, Pastor Adibri said that Kenneth Egan was over him, laying his hands on him and praying in the spirit over his life. And at the end of the day, Pastor Adibri said, that by the time I left there, I knew I had received what I wanted. And the question is this, what do you want? The blessings are there for all of us, but the fact is that, what do you want? He says that if you ask, you will receive. He says if you seek, you will find. When you knock on the door, the doors will open. When he asks a question, what do you want? A lot of times we ask questions like, okay, if you have the privilege to be able to sit with the man of God, what are the questions that you're going to ask? Or let's say, let's even come down a bit. Let's say you have the chance to be able to sit with the wealthiest man in the whole world. What questions are you going to ask? Are you going to ask for a blessing that will create generational blessings? Or are you going to ask for a blessing that is limited? Just a side joke. Way back a long time ago, most of, most of us remember Newsline way back in Nigeria then. When I think, I was quite young then anyway, and... I think Yinka Craig and I've forgotten his name also. 
Francolise. They went around and they were, I think they, then they went under the bridge. I think, I think it was one of the mainland bridges in Lagos and one of the destitutes there, they asked him a question, what do you want? And the guy said, ah, a plate of rice and beans, please. I said, are you sure? Is that what? Ah, I said, bros, that is what I need right now. Plate of rice and beans. A lot of times, opportunities knock on our doors, and what we could just think about is, what do I need now? Hallelujah. Going on to what we said, every blessing. Now, if you look at Genesis 24, verse 1, just to make us understand the fact that God has... If God said he's giving you every blessing, then there is no limit to it. Let us look at the testimony of Abraham. As he lived his life and the end of his life. Was God true to what he said over his life? Genesis 24 verse 1. It says, by now Abraham was old and was well along in years. And the Lord had blessed him in every way. Hallelujah. So the Lord has blessed him in every way, in cattle. We all know the story. We know the story about Abraham, how the Lord blessed him. And even when he was old and he had no child, how the Lord was still faithful to that to which he has said. Sometimes, because of the fact that we are in a time zone, we tend to count time for God. God, time, time, time. And God is saying, don't worry. Because the fact is that the Lord is seeing us beyond where we are. Because our place is not really on the earth. We are spiritual beings, but we allow the flesh to kind of overwhelm us and we look at time, at time, time, time. But God is saying, patience. That which matters most is what I'm making available for you. Hallelujah. And if, let's look at the story of also of Joshua to point, to kind of take home the point that when God says he's going to bless us, he's going to bless us fully, without any limits. Look at Joshua 23, verse 14. I know the Lord has said something over your lives. I know the Lord has made a promise, and I'm here to encourage you that God is faithful. Whatever he has said, he will bring it to pass. It might take time, but the fact of the matter is that I'm not a being of time. We're not the beings of time. Our place is what? It's in eternity. Joshua 23, verse 14. Joshua 23, 14. It says, Now behold, today I am going the way of all the earth. And you know with all your heart and soul that not one of the good promises the Lord your God made to you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you. Not what promise has failed. That is a testimony of someone like you and I. And it's God's word is true. Whatever he says, he says to every single one of us, every single promise that he has made, not one has failed. And because of the fact that we dwell in this fast zone where we wake up in the morning, we are out, we come back in the evening, we are lying down next thing, a lot of times, maybe it's time for us to really sit back and take our time and look back and say, okay, how far has the Lord brought me? To look at the blessing, then you'll be able to realize the fact that 
God's blessings were true over my life. Every single one of them. I used to I remember then, I don't, I don't do it anymore right now. We used to, you know, when you're young, you used to write down, grown up, write down your, the promises of God that you want God to do in your life, the things that you're looking up to God for, you write them down. And I remember that going back to those diaries, I see that a lot of them were done. And the most fascinating part was, anyway, when, <laughs> I can't remember, I think it was Pastor Matthew's conference about um, singles and, right, you need to have a vision about what you want. You're looking for a wife. What do you look for in a wife? Write it down. And I wrote it down. I think my wife saw the diary. And God was truthful. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Whatever God has said is going to make it happen. Hallelujah. Practically, I'm going to just share one or two examples before I hand over the microphone to our pastor for prayers because I really desire that our pastor will pray for us this morning as you're going to see why. Uh, we're going to first of all see the story of the widow of Zarephath and Elijah. It's a profound um, story about the faithfulness of God in the midst of nothing. God is faithful. And I'm going to share some other parts of that scripture that a lot of us probably don't really know about. Hallelujah. Let's look at 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17. So when I read this and I expounded about it, I just realized that there's more to it than what I had even imagined. It's really when I heard our senior pastor preach about this particular woman's experience. 1 Kings 17. I'm going to read um, the entire context of the entire story which is from verse 8 to 16. So please bear with me. 1 Kings 17 from verse 8 to 16. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Get up and go to Zarephath of Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Hmm. So Elijah got up and went to Zarephath. When he arrived at the city gate, there was a widow gathering sticks. Elijah called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup so that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread. But she replied, As surely as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. Look, I am gathering a couple of sticks to take home and prepare a meal for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. Do not be afraid, Elijah said to her. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a small cake of bread from what you have and bring it out to me. Afterward, make some for yourself, for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be exhausted, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and the woman, Elijah, and her household out food to eat every day. The jar of flour was not exhausted, and the jug of oil did not run dry. According to the word, the Lord has spoken through Elijah. And one of the 
facts about the scripture is that this woman was a praying woman. Why did I say that? God will only answer after we prayed. The only reason why God sent Elijah to her was because she had prayed. Do you know how it's possible to be able to know the portion of food that will take you for a particular time in your house? And I know that she must have been praying and trusting God for a breakthrough. Famine was on the land, on the land rather. There was nothing. And the fact was, she was the daughter of Zion. She was the daughter of the Lord because she did not compromise herself because of the fact that she needed to eat. Because, of, of course, she would have probably gone out and probably gone to prostitution or thereabout, but she held herself. Knowing very well that if God did not answer me, then so be it. And, you know, I'm sure probably the t three days, like, okay, my son, what we have will take us three days. But we're still praying and trusting God. Second day, they were still trusting. But on the last day, the Lord showed up. And it was so profound. If you look at that, God, God is, I would say, he's not funny, but he's so humorous. This was a woman that had nothing. But yet the Lord sent Elijah to her to say what? This woman will provide for you. She had nothing. And she was about to eat the last meal. Whereby she said, my son and I will eat. And what happened? Die. Said the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Get up. Go to Zarephath and Sidon and stay there. I have commanded the widow there to provide for you. I'm sure in Elijah's mind, probably this woman had it all. But when it came, she didn't have something. For my um, notes here, I said she had nothing. But God said she had more than enough. Because she didn't just have enough for herself and her son. God said, even for you too, what, there will be a provision. But then, something I learned there about the promises of God. Two things are necessary. You need a seed and you need a good soil. What was the seed? The meal she gave to the servant of the Lord was a seed. Isn't it so funny sometimes when you hear men of God asking for seeds, for blessings, and you're like, ah, my pastor just bought a new car. He just moved out. Me, I'm still running on transit, and I'm supposed to sow a seed into his life. But it's the principles of the heavens. Because for God to be able to pull you out of that state and pull you up, you have to be able to what? Sow that seed. Because if you don't sow the seed, you will remain where? Where you were. It is not the time to start looking at the eye of the man of God or whoever the Lord has brought forth before you. It's like, ah. Because, for instance, I'm sure the son of the woman was like, ah, look at this man of God, looking very plumpy and fat. Because we knew about how the reverends brought in bread and meat day and night and water by the brook and balanced diets. 
And I'm sure this woman just had flour. The Bible didn't say anything about the fact that there was meat. It was just what? Bread. And here is the man of God coming, looking fat and plumpy, and said, bake me bread first. But she understood the principle of what? Sowing. Hallelujah. It is an opportunity to sow. Let's ask a question. What do you think would have happened if, you had, if she had refused to sow the seed or give to the man of God at that time? She would have eaten the last meal and have passed on. But she sowed the seed and the word of the Lord came out of the mouth of the man of God. He said, for this is what the Lord God of Israel said. Because you will do this, your jar of flour will not be exhausted and the jug of oil will not go dry until the day rain comes back on the land. For someone here, we need to be able to understand the power of the seed unto God and unto his servant. Give me your first. Say, give me first. Then you can have the rest. He says, give me your first, and I'll bless the rest. Give me your tithe, and I'll bless the rest. Give me your offering, and I'll bless the rest. Your first fruits, and I'll bless the rest. The prophet's seed, and I'll bless the rest. Sometimes things of God does not make sense to the natural man. Because where is it written in economics that the more you give, the more what you receive? A lot of times, a lot of us are praying and fasting. We're praying and looking at the face of the Lord for a blessing. But we find that we remain in the same position. Alas, what we need is just what? A seed. Is, do you have that circumstance or situation that has engulfed you or your family? God is telling someone here this morning, a seed. Sometimes you probably have that confrontation. And all we need to do is just take a seed and just bring it to the house of the Lord and say, Father, this is my seed. Because every time we're praying for the rain, say rain, the latter rain, the former rain. When the rain falls, what will the rain fall on when there's no seed? It is when you sow the seed and the rain falls, you can go and bless God for what? For harvest. All God's promises, they are available for us, for us all. Every single promise. But then, there are principles for release. Bible has declared that we should ask so we can receive. We cannot. Throughout the Bible, we see how the necessity or the importance of seed comes to play. If you look at the story of Peter, how he had a great catch. Let's, let's look at it. Let's look at Luke 5. 
Let's look at the story of Peter. Because a lot of times we believe that sowing my seed is probably just to bring in an offering. But sometimes it's even your time in the service of the Lord. Your resources for God's purpose. If you look at Luke 5 verse 1 to 7. It says, on one occasion, while Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the crowd pressing on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Jesus got up into the boat belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from shore. And sitting down, he taught the people from the boat. He didn't question God, he didn't question Jesus Christ, why my boat? But he made it available for God's use. He says, when Jesus finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Peter said, Master, Simon replied, we have walked out all night without catching anything. Master, the reports I've said that at this time of the day, there can be no catch. That the elevation of the moon and the stars has affected the fishes, so they have moved to a different realm. Master, based on my qualification as a fisherman, by this time of the day, I cannot catch anything. Based on my qualifications, no. It is not possible. Even if God opened up the windows of heaven, how can this thing be? Questions. Master, Simon, your neck to the right side. But Master, Master, Simon, your neck to the right side. But he said something. He said, But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And the Bible says that when they are done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to tear. We're praying for, we're praying the prayer of Jabez. We pray, Lord, enlarge my coasts and my territories. I want to be an international figure. I want, I want the nations to come to the light of your glory. I want to lend to the nations. But the fact is, have you lent to God that which is in your hands? Is it even your house? For carrying out fellowships, you know that we use people's houses and it is a great blessing to use what you have to the glory of God. Even your car, even your resources, your time, because the fact is, whatever God calls for, he always provides for. Without limits, without doubt. Whatever God calls for, there's always going to be a provision. For someone this morning, I'm just here to encourage you to keep trusting. To believe in the Lord God Almighty that he is a God that provides. He is a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or even imagine 
that as I walk with the Lord, because he has put his spirit in me, I know that there are no limits to my life. Yes, I have prayed. Yes, I have trusted. I have fasted. I have sowed my, every single time. I keep sowing because I don't know the one that the Lord will use to what? To promote me or to answer my prayer. I keep sowing. I don't say, ah, but I sowed last Sunday. No, every opportunity. Keep sowing because you don't know the one. Because the fact that the Lord has not really opened up our eyes to see what brings forth our breakthroughs. Because if you understood the fact that it was probably the seed that I sowed 10 years ago that the Lord used to bring my breakthrough. Every day you'd be sowing. Every day. Because if the Lord opened, ah, it is my seed, Lord. But the fact is, it is our seed. Let us relent in sowing our seeds. Because the blessings of the Lord are there. Yes, a resounding and affirmative yes. Yes. I will bless you. I will prosper you. I will increase you, enlarge you. I will make you a blessing. But then, what do I bless? Pastor was talking about the fact that the Lord, God needs something to bless. What is in your hand? What do I bless? You have prayed. You have fasted. Let us have something in our hands for God to bless. Let us have our seeds in our hands to bless. Hallelujah. Let us be upon our feet this morning. Let us be going to bless our God. Because that he said he has sealed us. With the power of his spirit. He has sealed us. It's just like a ring is given to a bride as an assurance of an engagement. He has sealed us with his spirit. Whereby we are called the sons and daughters of the most high God. So they have loved you with an everlasting love. Let us begin to bless the Lord God Almighty. Let us begin to magnify his name because of his blessings upon our life. He has begun to bless him because of the fact that he has called us his own. The king of glory, the ancient of days. The one that was and is and forever will be. He has loved me. He has loved you. Father, we bless you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, for the seal of your spirit upon our life, for the blessing, Lord, uh, that we know that we are not of ourselves, Jesus. Marian Riando, so that upon the earth, Lord, Marian Rico, we might have our shortcomings. Uh, I might fall, I might fail, but I'm getting up uh, because the Lord, my God, uh, He reigneth supreme uh, and He sleepeth not. Uh, he is my Lord, He is my God. Let's begin to bless His holy name. Uh, I fear not, uh, I am not afraid of worried about what is to come because I know the one that maketh the heavens and the earth is sleeping not. I am not afraid or worried about tomorrow because I know my tomorrow is established in my God. That when men are crying over casting down, I will come blessing the Lord for a lifting up in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let us begin to bless him. Also, let us begin to bless him for the blessings, the promises 
that he has made available for you and I. Every spiritual blessing, every blessing that you can think about, every blessing that has a name and even that has no name, that, has, that no word has been able to describe. He said, I have blessed you with this. He said, you, your family, your children, that the Lord given to you shall be for signs and wonders upon this land. Oh Lord, I bless you, Jesus, for every promise that you've made, Lord, over my life, that every single one of it, Lord, that come to pass, every single one of it, Lord, is established in my life. Every single one of it, Lord, come to pass, not just in my life, but in my children, my family, our church. You've never left us. You've never forsaken us, O oh Lord. We never put to shame. But you're always making a way. Making a way when the enemy comes, O Lord. Thy power, Lord, by your spirit, Lord. We stood against them, O Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we bless you. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. She said, all I need to do is touch the elm of his garment. For 12 years I've had this issue. For 12 years I've had this limitation. For 12 years I've been unclean. But the master cometh today. And I know my deliverance has come. My breakfast has come. My lifting up has come. I am blessed beyond measure. I am lifted beyond measure. The promises of the Lord are coming alive in my life today. Let's begin to bless Him. We're going to give you glory. And we're going to pray before I hand over the mic to our pastor. Lord Jesus, as you bless me, give me a seed, Jesus. I want a seed. I want to be able to sow, Lord. Marian Rima and so conodied Bria Ricano Shitanaboa. For that door to open, Lord, I want to sow that seed, Lord. Give me a seed in the name of the Lord Jesus. That every day and every night and every hour, Lord, uh, I want to be able to sow my seed, Jesus. Rima and the end of that I not eat all the fruits, uh, but Lord, out of that which you have given to me, Lord, uh, I sow my first, uh, I sow my seed uh, in the name of the Lord. Uh, the doors will open, uh, the windows will open, uh, the chains are broken uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, no more limits, uh, no more limits, uh, no more challenges, uh, not more business as usual, oh Lord. Uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus, uh, I am breaking forth, Lord. Uh, I am enlarging my coast uh, by your spirit, Lord. Uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Rima We're going to ask our pastor. We're going to stretch for the hands right now. 
and our pastor will come up to bless our hands. Pray over our hands the, the blessings of the Lord. Because you need to realize that there's something in your hand that the Lord is going to bless. And this morning the Lord will bless that which is in your hands. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Because what you have in your hands is what the Lord will bless. He said, he said whatever your hands find to do, I will bless you. You will prosper in it. So therefore this morning we're going to pray. Our pastor will pray.